Hey, this is Ryan Tucker, and welcome to the weekly podcast, The Unchangeable Truth. We just sit down with Pastor Stephen as he discusses his sermons from Highland Park Baptist Church, and we are honored and thankful that you've decided to listen. And we ask you to go ahead and, and click that subscribe button, click that like or the follow button. And then again, we are honored and thankful that you've decided to listen. So keep listening as Pastor Stephen discusses his weekly sermon. Welcome back to the podcast room with Pastor Stephen. How you doing, man? Did you have a good Sunday? It was a great Sunday. Yeah? Any, any, good weekend? Yeah, it was great. Uh, I uh, I don't know if our listeners know it or not, but I am a big University of Tennessee football fan, born and raised in Tennessee, a southwest rural Tennessee. My folks still live there, and uh, the Vols did not lose on Saturday. Oh. We... Uh, we played by BYE, and uh, now there have been some years that it was close between us and BYE, so uh, yeah. it was a good week. Yeah. It sure was, but uh, yeah, I got to got to worship with our one of my yeah. church family, and we saw folks saved, and uh, it's always it's always good when people respond to the to the gospel message. Yeah, and we were talking about that earlier. Um, you know, it is a you know you pointed to Jesus as you do every Sunday in your sermon and. Every week, every week we see people come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. So it's good. It's good yeah, well, I mean, the Bible of. does. Yeah, every piece of Scripture, the the Old Testament is 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 kind of a, a foreshadowing. You know, here's yep. Jesus. Here's Jesus. We see it all the way back in creation. We see it clearly in the Ark and um, on and on and on throughout. We see it in Joseph. We <laughs> we see it in Daniel. We we. On and on, over and over again. We get in the New Testament. We have the Gospels that tell the kind of give us the blow by blow, if you will, of of Christ when He walked the earth, and then we get out of that, and it just goes back to here's what He did, here's what He did, here's what He did. So, to me, it's not foreign that you would go to a church service and they open up the Bible and they talk about Jesus. To me, what is foreign is. It wouldn't point to Jesus. To me, that would be that would be much harder. Like I would have to sit there and get really creative. Let me take this thing away from Jesus because it is running to Jesus as fast as it can. Yeah, yeah. And the gospel is simple. It is a simple message. You look at some of the greatest evangelists the world has ever known. We were talking this earlier. You know, we think modern day evangelist Billy Graham. Yeah. And when you watch those old crusades, it's just you're sitting there, you're like, okay, he would have made a C in proclamation (laughs) class on that because that really really is not a, quote, deep sermon. It's just so simple. And thousands respond. Uh, And, of course, in him, millions responded to the simple gospel message of Jesus Christ. Yeah, well, it was good. I wasn't here. But I got to listen as I was driving, so it was. Uh, yeah, it you was were a doing night. a uh, you were doing a family funeral down was, in Texas, man. right? And you, you you uh you you preached that funeral, right? I did. How'd that yeah, go? It was good. Uh, my wife's grandfather passed away, ninety three years old. Loved Jesus, loved his family. Man, just a good biblical godly man. Ninety three. Ninety three. I think if God right now said, Stephen, I'll give you ninety three, <laughs> and I'm at fifty one, I would probably say, oh, no, thank you, Father. Yeah. Um, you know, the uh 
because I just know what what happened from forty to fifty. Uh, so if 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 I had forty yeah, more I'm years, halfway. I'm yeah, halfway. now that may change. Yeah, if yeah. if you know if I get to sixty one, that yeah. may change. I may say, well, you know, maybe that's not that bad. Yeah, uh, but uh, it is going to uh, uh, going to be a slow yeah. burn. Uh, well, you know, one of the things you know I I admired or I admire about the my wife's grandfather was you know even he got put into an assisted living home the last month of his life but uh you know still able to get around a little bit and uh the the people from that home said that you know every day man he would read his bible and he was strong about his faith told people about jesus and that's just encouraging to hear at 93 years old still going strong about the gospel and still trying to advance the gospel it was good a stout i'll tell you this our uh, journey is going to <laughs> grab that pen and throw it across the room if you keep clicking it in Sorry. front of that mic. That's okay. Journey's real serious about all these extra <laughs> noises a, that happen. He's cutting his eyes at uh, me right our now. Our producer is pretty serious oh, about all goodness. this. Hey, so I had a funeral that I did for a uh, a woman yeah. in her, uh, I think, 65-ish on Saturday and uh, died suddenly and um, the uh, unexpected and was there, and we were talking and stuff, and in and, and which we we um, even even in the funeral message, a very simple plan. Here's the gospel, and had had two people get saved in the funeral message. Oh wow! The uh, yeah, but you know, here we are. We think that we're the living, and we're talking about the dead. But the reality is, we're the dead talking about the living. Yeah, uh, because she knew Christ as her Lord and Savior, and um, uh, I. I I don't know. Probably, probably most of us and our listeners included, we don't make the most of every opportunity that we have yeah, uh, to, sure. to, to to tell people about Jesus. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that for a second. You know, because in your sermon, you were you you kind of gave this intro talking about how the church is, you know, not a club. You know, we're not a building. The church is more than that. The church is here to advance the gospel. The church is here to be unified. And over the last several weeks, you've been talking about how. You know, sometimes we talk about these non-essentials way too much. We focus on the non-essential things, uh, and that distracts us from, you know, the the true meaning, the true call of what we have, of making much of Jesus. So you, you, you start talking about how the church is not a club, but we are to actively reach and love others with the gospel of Jesus. And you start talking about rejection, and that you know, sometimes the world rejects us. I, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna ask you this question: How, as believers, um, how would how would you counsel somebody that is dealing with rejection? So, it, go ahead. So, how would I counsel a believer who's dealing with rejection, or yeah, how would I well, how, how how should believers counsel people that are dealing with rejection? Yes, <laughs> both. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well, it's. It's not really. It's not really different. I mean, clearly, you talk to a believer. You talk about, hey, here's the hope you have in Jesus Christ. Understand, uh, uh, the world rejected Christ, and he said, what, "What makes you think the world would accept you if they rejected me?" I mean, uh, if if you're if you're if you're faithful in your uh, in your life. Uh, regarding your uh, obedience to Christ and living according to His plan and His ways, then the world's not going to be receptive of that, and and the world is going to be uh, they're going to reject you, and, and and so 
I've even said this before. How do you know that you're that you're tracking in the way that God wants you to do? Well, usually there's going to be criticism and opposition, yeah. That, yeah. And, and that's not really the best way to to judge. I mean, you judge it according to the very word of God. But uh, if we sit there and determine, well, am I doing what God wants me to do based on whether people like it or not? Then, boy, that is a terrible litmus test. There, it's got to be based on what God says. And again, Jesus Himself said, "What makes you think they will accept you?" They rejected me. So what would I say to the believer who's been rejected? I would sit there and I would say, first of all, I'm sorry. And I hate it. I mean, it doesn't change the fact uh, who, whoever's rejected you, yeah. whether it be the world or whomever, yeah. it hurts. Yeah. I get that, and I hate that, and I'm sorry. But but understand where your hope and your help comes from. Yeah. Uh, un- understand who the one that matters the most, he, he receives you, and yeah. he accepts you. And, uh, you know, it doesn't mean that we walk around because I've seen folks walk around as well. Believers run and they're like, you know, man, man, I'm just going to do what I want to do. And, you know, uh, I don't care if they get mad. That just shows how much I love Jesus. And matter of fact, I hope they do get mad. And I don't I don't I don't know who I'm imitating there. But the uh, I mean, we should never approach it that way. It's not, you know what, um, uh, man, I like it. I like it when they get upset about it and, you know, to hell with all the world. Uh, well, no, no, no. We, we've been called to be messengers and ambassadors of the gospel. We we never want to burn bridges that would be opportunities for us to, to share the gospel. Now, again, it doesn't mean that it doesn't mean that we uh, that we remain quiet. Yeah. Uh, when immorality happens, it doesn't mean that we say, "Okay, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of, kind of uh, compromise a little bit on something that I shouldn't compromise mm-hmm. on." So in turn, I won't burn that bridge. No, it doesn't mean those things, but it doesn't mean that you go out seeking controversy or seeking um, uh, disagreements or opposition. I'm not seeking that. So, what would I say to the Christian? I would say, "Man, I, I hate that." I hate that. I, I, I'm sorry that you're hurting, but remember, remember, uh, we're, we're followers of Christ. Yeah. We, we want to please him. Uh, we, we find our hope in him. What would I say to somebody who doesn't know Christ? Yeah, unfortunately, part of living life in this world is rejection. And, and, and I've yet to meet anybody who says, my biggest goal in life is I just want to be rejected by everybody. Right. Well, I've heard people say, you know, they don't care. They don't care what people think about them. They don't care what people say about them. Well, I think deep down they do. Like I think I, it's. I think that's a cover. Yeah, for sure. I think it's a cover. I would even think. I would even say this. It has been my experience that most people who say that care more than those who don't say that. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. really, honestly, yeah. it's, it's no, true. true. They're trying. They're trying to. Uh, they're trying to use that as a band aid for yeah. unresolved hurt. Yeah. Mm. And now, what would I say to the unbeliever? Hey, yeah, there's 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 a guy named Jesus, and he'll yeah. accept you, yeah. and he'll receive you. Doesn't mean that it's going to make the rejection any less painful, but but what it means is even that rejection, there's hope even in that rejection. Well, and there's some comfort there, like even in that one sentence. You know, like one of your points is that he seeks out the sinner, like. You know that there's comfort in the fact that the God of the universe, the one that spoke the world into existence by the breath of His mouth, is is going to accept me and doesn't reject 
me. Like there to me, that's comfort. I purposefully chose the words seeks out. Cause to me, there's so much weight in yeah, that. Yeah. Hey, he's seeking you out. He he he's coming after you. Uh versus, eh, you know, he's here if you want him, take him or leave him. Well, I mean, we know ultimately, or at least I believe the scripture teaches that ultimately I have to make a decision. Am I going to am I going to be receptive of the gospel? Am I going to reject the gospel? There's no in between there. Either I'm in or I'm out. That that is a decision that ultimately I must make. But the reality is, He's seeking after you. How do we know that God seeks after us? Because He sent Jesus. Yeah. I would even say this, that there'll be some folks that are listening to our podcast this week that are not followers of Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm not saying that you don't believe he existed. What I'm saying is you've never surrendered to him as Lord of your life. There's no change that has ever occurred in your life. No change. I mean, and this is the simplest way to look at it. If my life's not been changed, then (laughs) he is not Lord. How do we know that? We know that. I I I can speak from personal experience. Again, we're not. He, he doesn't save us to perfection. If that were the case, then why would he have come? He 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 saves us to change in desire, in heart, in motive, uh, every every part about us. So there'll be folks that'll be listening that'll sit there and say, "Yeah, I mean, if I were to be honest, I would say that." I don't know him as Lord of my life. There's never been a change in my life. There's no difference in me than someone who doesn't even believe he existed. Well. How do I know he is seeking after you? Because you're listening to this podcast. Right, right. right. So what would you say to that person that says, hey, I've got to, uh, man, I've got to clean some stuff up in my life. I've got to, I've got to do some things better once I get back on track, once I kind of clear my head or whatever. Like, what would you say to those people um, that are, that are using that? Like, I got to, I got to clean myself up before I can come back to Jesus. Before I can come back to Jesus or come to Jesus? Either one. Come to Jesus. In your sermon, you said come to Jesus. Like, you yeah. know, you, you said that, you know, there are people that say, I got to clean myself up before I can come to Jesus. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you're never going to come because you cannot do that. Yeah, there, there's, again, it, it, makes the, it, makes the, it makes the cross and it makes the gospel void. Why would he have come if I could have cleaned up myself? If I could have ever gotten on a level to where, all right, now I can go to him. Now yeah. now, now I'm right. Now he's going to look at me and he's going to say, wow, are you kidding me? I yeah. did not know you could clean yourself up. If I'd known you'd cleaned yourself up, I, w- <laughs> I wouldn't have went to the cross and died. Right. I wouldn't have taken the sin right. of the world on me. Right. My goodness, look at how good you are and clean you are. And, and, and we, we say that with humor because none of us. None of us. And, and I'll even go back to the, you know, where I said, are we talking about coming back to Jesus or coming to Jesus? It really doesn't matter. Uh, let's say that you truly know him as Lord. Usually, usually I, I'll approach it this way. If somebody were to come to me and they were to say this, they were to say this very statement, I need to come back to Jesus. Yeah. Be, okay, let's talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, first of all, what made you think you were ever with Jesus? Right. What, what what talk to me here? Yeah, is there do you if you confessed him as your Lord and Savior? Is again have you have have you surrendered to him? Has there been what was in your life that yeah. made you think that you were ever in him to begin with? Right, and I want to I want to hear them give a faith answer. 
uh, faith answer. And if they, let's just say that they give an answer to where they're like, hey, I, I truly surrendered my right. life to him. And, you know, I've wandered down uh, a long, dusty, disobedient road. And I, I found myself, I find myself over here. And now I want to come back to him. And, and what I would say is this. Uh, even though it may feel as though that you left him, he he never left you. Right. And I mean, we can even use the prodigal son as a yeah. Uh, yeah. as an example there, or the parable of the loving father. We can use that and sit there and say the status, the yeah. family status of the son, the relationship never changed. He was always the son. Yeah. Yeah. That once you were a part of the family of God through Jesus, mm. you are still there. You've not lost that. I do think, Ryan, I do think a lot of people, and, and you know, when I came here, I say this out loud, and it's true. When I came here, one of the one of the things that we had on our decision cards is I want to rededicate my life. Yeah, I was going to bring that up, yeah. And a lot of folks, you know, they come, I just want to rededicate. I just yeah. want to rededicate. I want to rededicate. Now, please hear me. I, I, I firmly believe you can rededicate your life. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not saying there's no such thing as recommitment. You know, uh, um, some things I need to get right. Usually, that's what that means. I want to rededicate my right. life, aka there's been some uh, unrepentant sin in my life that I want to repent of. That's right. what it means. Well, you keep coming back. I rededicate, and then I want to rededicate the next week, and <laughs> right. then I want to come back, and then yeah. and then they see you know. Times. That's right. right. Oh, hey, I can't wait till Sunday. I'm going to come to yeah. Wednesday service. I rededicate yeah. Wednesday service. Now I'm rededicating, rededicating Sunday service. Yeah. Eventually, you have to sit there and say, well, hang, hang on. What makes you think you were ever dedicated to begin with? Well, and, and you kind of mentioned it on this whole come back to Jesus comment because, you know, I've had that same type of conversation when people have said, hey, I, I feel like I need to rededicate my life. I'm like, well, okay, well, let's talk about that for a minute. What does that mean? What does that mean for you? Tell me what you're thinking. And then a majority of the time, it, it leads to a gospel conversation where they realize, all right, I need to... I need to give my life to Jesus. Yeah. I've never done that. Yeah. Or, or, or I want to get resaved. Yeah. Well, well no, there there yeah. is no resaved. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's it's not I even an option. Too many of those. Yeah, and and I've even had folks say this, and 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 what I love about the podcast is we 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 start going down roads that <laughs> yeah. that really yeah. had nothing to do necessarily with the sermon. But maybe you need a better moderator. No, I, I think that's what people like about it. Oh, I mean, good. my goodness, right. you, they can listen to the sermon right before this, and that's right. they don't that's just true. need us to come here and say the sermon again. <laughs> I've had folks that say this, yeah. they'll, they'll come, and please hear me, please, well, I've had folks come and they'll say, uh, the devil's getting me to doubt my salvation. Yeah. <laughs> the devil is getting me to doubt my, now, can the devil get you to doubt your salvation? Absolutely he can. Yeah. But I'm going to ask the question, why? <laughs> right. right. Why would he want you to doubt your, your, your salvation? No, 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 no. I, I think he's going to sit there and he's going to try to get you not to think about yeah, it at all. For sure, yeah, yeah. Um, would the Holy Spirit would he get you to doubt your salvation? Well, he wouldn't get you to doubt your salvation. He would convict you of your yeah. unsalvation. Yeah. And yeah. I think somewhere down the line, people will sit there and say, "But now, no, no, no. I know that I'm saved because I prayed a prayer." Yeah. Because I joined a church, because I was baptized, because my mom told me I was. Friend, listen to me. If you have to have someone else yeah. explain to you your salvation, you're not saved. Yeah, I've always been saved. I don't yeah, and yeah. I don't mean that. I don't mean that mean. Uh the uh uh he he'll try to rob you of the joy of your salvation. Yeah. 
But I sit there and say, why, why, why would he want you to doubt? Yeah. No, he, he just wants you. He would love for you to think everything's okay and it not be. He would love for you to continue. Well, yep, yeah, there's my faith. My faith right there. Yeah, I walked down that aisle. Now, I still live like I'm an inhabitant of hell. Mm. But I prayed that prayer. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> that, <laughs> that is not repentance. Yeah. I, I, I just, anything, anytime we add something to salvation yes. besides yes. the Lordship of Jesus right. Christ and his grace, then all of a sudden we want to hang our hat on those things. And those are the very things that rob us from salvation. Right. When it just causes so much tension, I think, in the life, like, for, all right, for, so I deal with young people, right? College and young adult, like that, when when they've heard things that they're adding stuff to scripture, you have this list of things, like it just causes tension later on in their life as they're trying to grow spiritually because they question so many things. And when you kind of, you know, there, there's one guy I was talking to, I said, let me just free you of some of this stuff. Like this, here's what scripture says, and this is what it means, and this is who Jesus is, and this is what he's done for us. And he's like, I've never been taught that. Mm. I've always been taught you have to do these things, and if you don't do these things, then you got to come back and repent and do these things. It, like, it, I'm like, man, it's it's Jesus died on a cross for you. Like, it, and everybody's call, list is different, right? Yeah, absolutely. Denominations yeah. and stuff. The the I'll have folks that'll come and they'll say, I'm, I'm really having doubts about my salvation. And, and I'll say, well, tell, tell again, tell me what, what would even make you think that you're saved to begin with, you know? And then they sit there, and if they're, if they're still like, you know, I just don't know. I just don't know. I, sometimes I think I'm in. Sometimes I think I'm out. I just really don't know. And then here's what I say. I say, okay, well, you may never know from today, but I tell you what you can do right now. Yeah. You can call upon the name of Jesus right, right now. Yeah. Well, what if I'm already saved? Well, it's, it's not going to cancel out. <laughs> right. It's not like God's going to say, oh, you had one shot and you did it, and now you're undoing it because you're trying to do it again. No, no. He wants you to have security in your salvation. And uh, and so, so the devil will get you to hang your hat on everything except the lordship of Jesus Christ. Um. Because he'll rob you of that joy, but God wants you to have joy in your salvation. He absolutely does. I would say to anybody that's listening right now, and you're one of those people that over and over again, you, I have doubts. I have doubts. Uh, and I'll, I'll say this as well. Um, you know, there, if, if anytime you hear a preacher sit there and share the gospel or a friend or anyone, they share the very clear, simple gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and if conviction grabs your heart, that's probably yeah. an indication that you yeah. need to respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. But but again, it, it may be a situation to where you may not, well, did I really mean that when I was nine years old? I just don't know. Did I really, really mean that? I've always struggled with that. You may never know what happened at nine years of age, but you can sit there and you can draw the line in the sand today and you can say, you know what? From this day on, yeah, I know that I'm in Christ. Yeah. And I call upon the name of Jesus, and I surrender my life to you today. All right, so let's talk about this. You talked about hope quite a bit, you know. Like, so can you can you speak on this hope on how maybe the world um, 
kind of has a flawed view of the hope that scripture talks about or uh can you you could you talk a lot about hope and that we can have hope in jesus but yeah yeah and 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 I got several folks that were mad at me Sunday because <laughs> because I used the phrase uh, I hope the Knowles win tonight oh. and they didn't win well. they they didn't win our folks are trying to pin it on the field goal kicker I mean it really wasn't but, the field goal kicker that all lost right, the how game. much flack have you taken for Tennessee not always winning in the past few oh years. yeah yeah ruthlessly but that's okay that's just the cross I got to carry <laughs> I'm gonna have to bear that cross uh and, and by the way friend listen to me the cross that Jesus talks about you bearing scripturally has nothing to do with yeah. things in this world let's just say that all right but anyway yeah we use that word hope is may or may not happen yeah uh I just I hope it does can't guarantee that it will Biblically, anytime you read about the hope biblically, it is a guaranteed. It is going to take place. I even gave a definition there uh, um, in the Bible. It's a positive expectation. I'm positive this is going to take place. Um, And the example that was used is the second coming of Jesus Christ. Uh, over in Titus, where he says, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. And those who would say, well, he's really not coming back. What do you do with Titus 2.13 in other scriptures? Yeah. I mean, we may not agree on the specifics of how right. he's coming back, but right. you, can, I mean, you can't deny he's coming back. So right. when he's sitting there and he's like looking for this blessed hope, he doesn't mean looking for he may or may not right. appear. Yeah. No, he's. it's like, no, this will happen, so grab hold of this. This is the positive thing. Uh, no matter how difficult this world may get, no matter, uh, no matter how immoral, no, no, no matter what the case may be, in which I would like to say this as well, uh, we sit there and say, oh, my goodness, the world is just so wicked today. The world's always been wicked. Yeah, I mean, yeah. my goodness, he destroyed the world and saved yeah. Noah and his family right. in a boat. It was right. wicked. Yeah. Ever since sin That's entered the world, story, it has always Stan, right? been wicked. Yeah. Mm. But anyway, mm. I digress. The uh, <laughs> the hope, the hope. Yeah, biblically, this is going to happen, and and I positively believe that. I'm expecting. I don't know when. Don't know how. I just know it is. I know it is. It's the hope. Of, it's biblical hope. When well, um, you even say it, like where there's hope, there's life, and you know. There is, and and I, I guess what I liked about it, you know, because you even say it, like there there is so much hopelessness in the world, and people tend to lean on that because everything's falling apart. Well, you know what, the, the hope we have is because of who Jesus is, and I know that I, I tell my college students all the time, like I know it sounds churchy for us to say that, like that your hope is in Jesus, and you expect pastors to say that, but when you really just dive into it and you really just focus on what that is and look at the scripture and realize who Jesus is and what he's done for us. Yes, like the hope we have is phenomenal. The hope we have gives us peace and it gives us joy. It gives us this certainty. It gives us a then uh, this zest for life because, man, we we have life because of Jesus and I wish I could just shake people's, you know, head and shoulders. Like, just get it. Like, get what I'm saying. Understand who Jesus is and what he's done for us. Well, I think that's true of all of us, myself included. Um, that, uh, 
I have to, a lot of times I'll sit there and I'll approach something and I'll say, you know what, man, you know, life has mellowed me. Age has, <laughs> age has changed me. And I'll even say, you know, thank goodness this, this came about with the 50 year old Steven versus the 30 year old Steven. And, uh, you know, just life, life mellows you, uh, because I have more experience now and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, my wife will, will say pretty regularly, uh, your life has not done that. Experience has not done that. Don't rob God of glory. That's the very Holy Spirit of God that has done that. Yeah. He's been working on you. Don't you love it when our wives <laughs> give us biblical yeah. truth? Well, but he, yeah, he's changed your outlook. And that's one yeah. of the things, the scripture, we even use some scripture from Colossians one twenty seven about the the riches of the glorious mystery, the hope of glory. What is that? That's Christ in you. That's the Holy Spirit of God. That's the Holy Spirit of God. So we look around at the hopelessness in the world. Well, praise the Lord for the hope that we have living in us if we know Jesus is Lord, and that is the Holy Spirit. And it's the Holy Spirit that's sitting there and changing us, and we're approaching things different. We're looking at things different. And um, let us not rob him of glory for doing that in us. And uh, that's that whole sanctification process, yeah. making us more into the image of Jesus, so He gets greater and greater glory. So, well, now I, I like this. I don't know if this is your quote or you found it somewhere, but as for Christians, we've never faced hopeless end; we always face an endless hope. Yeah, that's that was, good. That's good. Yeah. I think I heard it somewhere. I don't. I don't really know. I try to quote whenever I whenever I yeah, use yeah. something that somebody Sometimes has said. I try to. Know, right? I try to quote it, but you know the, the reality is there's probably not. Well, I'll put in my notes. Under Pastor Stephen Kyle said you don't have on. to do that. Okay, right. You don't have to do that. Um, the, uh, <laughs> all right. So, so your last yeah. your last kind of uh, talking through this is that Jesus chooses to work through His church. So, I guess my question is how how did how does Jesus choose to work through his church well we go back and the fact is most people are not going to see jesus in the flesh in this life uh, i quantitate I, I is it quantitated Qu- quantitate Quant- can, what, are, what are you trying to say i qualified i'll just change it okay i qualified that statement that's probably not even used correctly quantified. we probably need somebody quantified. in here I quantified. Is that is that what we're going to go with? We're going with that. What about what do you think, Journey, our producer? See, I'm going to tell you guys. You know, we 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 know some stuff in here, but then there's a lot of stuff we don't know, and grammar is probably not it. Uh, we probably need somebody in here telling us whether our words are right or not. How many bachelors and masters and doctors are in the room? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and Journey, his day job is he takes, you know, highly specialized. Uh, what is it? Is it hieroglyphic wire? Um, <laughs> fiber optic. Fiber optic, hieroglyphic, <laughs> same thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he, he, he makes the world go round. That's but, right. Uh, That's right. He's, anyway, he's let's, we'll go back to what I was saying. I basically uh, said, <laughs> I verified my if, statement. If, if we had cameras right now, people could See it. Oh, goodness. I don't even remember the point I'm trying to make now. You said uh, said something. Yeah. Well, here's the deal. Jesus can do whatever he wants to do. Clearly, he can reveal himself to people through, he can show up. And, you know, here he is. He is in your room, you know. And it's crazy how folks will sit there and say, I just want him to talk to me if he just talked to me. And, you know, I remember, I remember, have you ever seen these things where people, 
I was frying a tortilla, and all of a sudden, the image of Jesus came on it. And ooh, look, there's Mary, the Virgin Mary, in my grilled cheese sandwich. And uh, or I was driving down the road, and I looked at a cloud, and in the cloud, the cloud was in the form of a lamb. And I know they say Jesus is the lamb, and so. I was driving right next to a hardware store, and I thought, well, the lamb's telling me, build a fence, and just weird stuff like that. He can do whatever he wants to do. So, yes, he can show up in the flesh, and he can reveal himself to to you that way. But, no, he chooses to use his followers. We are his flesh. We're, we're, We're the hands and feet. And so if if he sits there and he accepts others, as the church, we're, we're to do the same. We're to demonstrate his acceptance. Uh, if he delivers hope, then as the church, we're to deliver his hope as well. So we're to be those image bearers. People will ask me, well, hey, uh, what people are to be important to us? Well, I'd say the people that are important to him, that'd be everyone. And so, um, you know, Quantify is the word I'm going to go with. There you go. I quantify those statements. That's probably not the correct word, but I think it is. Yeah, we're his, we we are the flesh. That if people are ever going to see Jesus in this world with visible eyes, they're going to see him through the church. How do they see him through the church? Well, I knew that joker right there before Jesus, <laughs> yeah. and now I know him after yeah. Jesus. And man, he's different. Yeah. Well, yeah, that'd be Jesus did that. Yeah. Well, I want me some of that change too. Okay, Jesus will do the same for you. Um, and and again, well, I mean, wow, I watched the way that you handled this. We had, we had a family in the church that went through a horrible, horrible cancer type situation, and people in their own family who they had witnessed to for years, and they wouldn't respond. All of a sudden, they came. And they're like. We want you to know we've been watching how you dealt with this cancer and the hope that you have. And, man, tell us about Jesus now. We want to hear about him because of the way they walked through a valley and uh, the hope that he had they had going through a valley. Uh, so, so, yeah, we're to be those people. Everybody's important to us because everybody's important to God. We have hope. Why? Because Jesus is in our life. We're not going to hoard our, our hope. We're, we're going to deliver our hope. Let us let us tell you about the rock of hope that Jesus is. So what do you think people would do if you actually changed our name of our church to the Hope Store of Panama City? <laughs> the the Panhandle Hope Store is go. what I thought would yeah. be a good name. The Panhandle Hope Store. The uh yeah, they'd probably be upset. And I don't know if that's the catchiest name um right there. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah. It, it would it would make sense. It would cause some from interest, interesting con- conversations. Yeah. Um, I thought about Dream Center one time, but then, but then I think there's some mattress stores. That yeah, or that. like a sleep study place or something. Yeah, yeah, that probably wouldn't be the best thing. But whether we change our name or not, I think we are to be a hope store. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we're to be hope people. Well, I'll close it out with this. You, you make the same. You know, the Bible says that Jesus is our hope. He is our rock, but he's also our anchor. And I always like how you ask questions. I mean, you don't do it every Sunday, but a lot of times you'll ask questions. You're like, um, you know, where's your life anchored? And where where are you putting your trust? Who are you trusting on? And, uh, man, again, you know, people could just grab the fact that Jesus is life and Jesus is hope and Jesus is the one 
that uh, gives it all, man, life would drastically be different for some people. Absolutely. And, and we want to make the point that if, if, you anchor your life to Jesus. It doesn't mean that turbulent waters will not come. Mm, yeah. It just means yeah. that you'll make it through Yeah, because uh, you, you're anchored. And, yeah. and and we look and, you know, what is one of the worst things that can happen in this life? And a lot of folks will say, whoa, physical death. Physical death would be the worst thing in the world. Uh, and and here is God saying, well, not for the believer. For, for the believer, the day of death is better than the day of birth mm. because yeah. death means life. Yeah. And so I go back to that statement that was made at the funeral I did Saturday. Uh, we think that we're the living that is talking about the dead, but the reality, we're the dead talking about the one that's living. Yeah, yeah. Um, because mm. they have life through Christ. And what we're believing by faith, that they, they're now living out. Yeah. Their soul is in his very presence. Yeah. Well, Pastor Stephen, thank you for uh, talking about the hope of Jesus. Thank you for always pointing us to the cross and we'll see you next time on the unchangeable truth hey guys this is Stephen kyle and i want to thank you for listening to our podcast today unchangeable truth uh, this is a ministry of highland park baptist church in panama city florida and we would love for you to visit us if you ever find yourself in the panama city area our address is 2611 Highway 231 North. You can also learn more about our church and its ministry by going to our website, www.highland, and it's H-I-L-A-N-D, park.org. There you'll learn more about what we believe, what we teach, about the gospel of Jesus Christ. There'll also be a sermon archive there so you can go and listen to various sermons over the last several years. As always, we would love to talk to you about your relationship with Jesus Christ. So feel free, shoot us an email, info at highlandpark.org. If you'd like to learn more about Jesus and what it means to follow him, our prayers are that you would draw near to Christ, that this podcast would be used to point you to Jesus and to help your faith grow and your walk increase. God bless you guys. Thank you for listening.